0: Hello and welcome to the Market Bull Podcast. Please note, topics and stocks discussed in this podcast are not financial or investment advice. Today on the show, I spoke with Chris Gale, the Executive Director of Latin Resources, which is a listed company on the Australian Stock Exchange under code LRS. Chris founded the company in 2008, and since then it has gone through transformational changes to become the company it is today. Chris discussed what he has seen evolve in the resources industry and how Latin Resources managed the COVID-19 pandemic whilst operating within South America. We talked about the lithium cycles he has seen over the years, the current developments within the sector and the projects that Latin Resources is developing. The conversation also touched on environmental, social and corporate governance frameworks, ESG, and the differences between operating in Brazil compared to Western Australia. We also explored the potential barriers and challenges facing the lithium and mining sectors. I hope you'll enjoy listening. So hello and welcome to the Market Bull podcast. I'm your host, Ben Kostrich, and joining me on the show today is the Managing Director for Latin Resources, Chris Gale. Uh, welcome to the show, Chris.
1: Thanks, Ben. Glad to be here.
0: Uh, So a little bit of background on yourself, you have extensive experience in the public and private sector, uh, in particular in mining, and we were just talking before going online that you were the founder and started Latin Resources. So can you give us a bit of background as to how you you started the company and how it's progressing now?
1: Yeah, thanks, Ben. I I initially started my first part of my career, 15 years with putting process systems into mines. Um, So So, uh, I really enjoyed that. Travel around Australia and the world doing, um, putting what they call PLC or program logic control systems into mines early and then I came across to Western Australia, started to develop my career here. Um, started a communications or telco called Swiftel that listed, that was my first public listing back in 2001 I think it was. Um, that business got bought out in 2004, and then I went and worked for a private equity group for a year or so. Got offered some assets in South America, which uh, mining assets, exploration assets, in Peru in particular, and uh, I really like the look of those assets. So some iron ore, some copper, 2008. So I actually um, started the company Latin Resources in 2008 and 2010. We listed on the Australian Stock Exchange. And 15 years later, here we are. And we actually, actually, a week ago, two weeks ago, got announced or got admitted into the ASX All Ordinary. So one of the top 500 companies in Australia now. So it was a very proud moment, but we've still got a lot of work to do.
0: So then over the 15 years, how has the company uh, evolved? Because from the sounds of it already, it was, you know, it's a priority in lithium now, but it's completely changed its outlook. So how have you sort of adapted over the years? And what have you noticed just from an industry outlook has evolved and changed since the, the company founded 15 years ago?
1: Well, I suppose with exploration, you've got to be pretty nimble and, and quick to make decisions. We started off in iron ore in Peru. We moved very quickly into copper Peru, Peru's now number Number two, um, producing copper country in the world, Um, and Chile is number one. So it's great copper. We still have a copper project there called MTO3, which is a copper porphyry. So we still have that project. What happened um, in 2016, 17, I was watching the guys here in WA develop, start to develop what's called lithium spodumene pegmatites. It's folklore in our history now. When Ken Brinsden and the guys developed Pil- Pilbara minerals. Um, I started to look at that with some great interest. Um, so I asked the guys in Peru to do a desktop study to find some spodumene pegmatites potentially in South America. We weren't interested in brines. I thought they were too hard. So we came up with some projects in Catamarca, some lithium projects there, some spodumene pegmatites in Catamarca in Argentina. Um, We actually drilled those in 2017, found some really good um, pegmatites there with some good grade. And someone sent me the presentation deck of a company called Signalithium, Lithium at the time was about a $100 million market cap, in 2018, early 19, I saw that. Got the guys out of Argentina, sent them in Brazil, and the rest is history. Um, Fortunately, COVID hit Brazil very very hard, and um, we had to pull the guys off site. We just started to get to, I spent nearly 12 months exploring, mapping, sampling um, from from Sigma's project up to where we are now in a place called Salinas. Fortunately, we had to pull out, we had a bit of a, break in Brazil for two we- two years, and then ultimately got back on the ground, end of 21, put our first hole down in February of 22, and had a major discovery about Brazil Salinas Lithium project then. So yes, we've involved quite a bit.
0: Yeah, it, it sounds like, and I mean, I've glossed over with a few people before about the impact that COVID had, but... I mean, taking your mind back to there, what was the the major halts that had to be stopped besides naturally getting everyone off site, but how much in regards to ever experiencing something like like that? And in your position, how did the the company navigate that unpredictable uh, situation?
1: Well, once again, it was a very good question, Ben. What we did was actually thought, okay, we've got a hiatus. We didn't know how long COVID's going to last for in South America or throughout the world. So we picked up a project here in Western Australia called the, uh, at the time we called it the Meriden Kalin project. It's now called Cloud9 Halicite Kalin project. Um, our exploration manager, Tony, Greene, Tony, Tony Greenaway, and, his, and his, his team built that resource into a 200 million ton resource in a little over 18 months. So we got a lot of market positiveness around that project at the time. Um, so we didn't sit on our hands. We actually went out, found something here in WA and built a great resource. And it is, it is going to be a very good project for us. So, you know, at the end of the day, you have to reinvent yourself and do something when, um, in any business, you have to sort Sort of of sit back and try and do your best.
0: And that's what you said before about being nimble in, in mining is that, yeah, that was, I don't think anyone would have predicted how much it devastated entire operations across the world, but realistically, you can't just sit on your hands and, and wait, for, wait for it to happen. You have to be proactive. And I can imagine from 2017, the lithium demand and in industry was, again, it had a, a massive sort of rise. And then again, it's now just on this elevated trajectory. What, what have you seen that's been driving that? And, and where do you see the, the opportunity for mines to come online and, and help this ever-growing demand?
1: Well, in 2019 lithium got whacked around a bit as well you know the prices lithium hydroxide carbonate uh, spodge mean prices came back quite dramatically in actual fact I think Pilbara minerals market kept them was about 350 400 million it's now 12 billion uh, just goes to show if you stick to your knitting focus on on building a project what you can what you can actually learn from that I think there's about 2,700 Australian listed companies on the, uh, on the stock exchange here, 900 are junior explorers, 750 are in Perth. Three to 5% will actually get into production. So it's, it's a big risk profile, exploration, mining exploration, but you know, lithium, battery metals, copper, nickel, it's only just starting. We're only on the cusp of that total industry. Yeah. So it's it's we look at the numbers out there at the moment, I think from memory, 2020, 1% of the world's cars were EVs, 2021 was 3%, last year was 10%. So in 10 years' time, 50% of the world's population will be driving EVs.
0: Mm. And that's before all the other infrastructure I've been talking about, you know, the trucks and even other forms of transportation that are eventually going to go to to all EV and electric and that before you start talking about the charging facilities and, you know, thinking as a stretch goal, you know, even even petrol stations are going to end up just being charging stations and the ridiculous amount of resources that's going to be required is, I guess, quite eye-wateringly large. Uh, and I think people have got this sort of distant reality between, again, how long it takes a mine to come online and find and extract these resources as opposed to just seeing a car or phone or a charging station. so. That lends itself then towards the the projects that are currently underway at Latin. And can you share a bit of insight into to how they're progressing now and and realistically some of the key milestones that you think are going to be achieved or know that are going to be achieved in the next six to 12 months?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So in, um, December of last year, we started drilling in February of 2022. Um, we had our maiden chalk resource. In December, a 13.3 million tons to 1.2%. Tony and the team did a fantastic job building that resource very quickly. Um, let's fast forward through to April of 23. Uh, we now have seven rigs on site. We're drilling 65,000 liters. Our goal is to upgrade that resource, that that initial resource of 13. Point three million tons at our exploration target with 20 million tons, 22 million tons, sorry, from SGS, um, our consultants. But now we have another, with with seven rigs on site, drilling 65,000 meters into what we call Kalina West as well. And our next resource upgrade will be out in June. So the market is waiting patiently for that resource. We believe it will grow significantly can't tell how much at this stage, but we're very excited by it. And when
0: you were talking about the, originally the almost surveying that, were you using new data or were you also combining it with historic, historical data from the area as well?
1: Uh, we use both. So we looked at historical mines department, Brazilian mines department maps, uh, Look for lithium occurrences. There's actually a company called CBL, which is a lithium hydroxide lithium pegmatite in Ministerias, the state of Ministerias. State of Ministerias means general mining. So it's it's one of the best jurisdictions, if not the best jurisdiction for mining in Brazil, if not the world. Um, And they've been tremendous for us. So they've got plenty of data there. We looked at the historical data. We then used um, modern exploration techniques. Um, We did some geophysics. We did a lot of work on the ground. Uh, sampling, mapping, et cetera, what you'd normally do. And um, yeah, that led to a great discovery.
0: And then working in Brazil as a jurisdiction, how have you seen that whole country sort of adopt or even encourage mining? Or what's the general consensus operating in, in Brazil um, compared to some of the other areas that you, you're working in?
1: Well, Brazil is a mining country. Valais, who produce over 300 million tonnes of iron ore, nearly as much as Western Australia. Um, It's just a great mining jurisdiction. It's 270 million people live in Brazil. Um, Belo Horizonte, where we have our office in Ministerias, is 4 million people. It's the Perth of Brazil. Um, It's bigger. Probably has twice as many mining consultants as Perth. So that's saying something, right? Yeah, yeah. So Um, look, you know, Brazil's just been... And and last week um, in in Perth, we had the Ministerias Mines... Mining agency uh, investments fly in. We sign an MOU and, and they're going to, uh, uh, well, they've actually put LAP Resources, Salinas project, as their number one priority in Minister Ice to develop, which means that we have now um, a certificate for fast track the project through environmental, uh, through development approval. So we hope to be in position um, mid 2020 four, uh, where we have our environmental permitting completed and hopefully we'll have our development approval, um, sometime to the second half of next year and commence construction. So, uh, that's really exciting for us.
0: And then when you're looking at this, this long-standing pathway, thinking into the future in regards to, I guess, setting up those, those Potentially offtake agreements or just sort of when, you, when you've when you got the asset and you can potentially get it out of the ground, where's the, the brain shifting next to the next stages that Latin resources can look at?
1: Well, next stage for us is to is continue to drill the build of resource as quick as we can, as big as we can, which will tie in with our PEA, which SGS out of Lakefield, Canada are doing. Um, once we have that completed, as I said, by June this year, we'll move into our PEA. And then into our DFS, a definitive feasibility study, which will show what type of mine we'll have, what type of uh, CapEx numbers, the mine life, et cetera. So we hope to have that out in our first quarter of next year. And as I said, environmental approvals, development approvals, start construction towards the end of next year.
0: And when, I mean, we're looking at lithium, as we said, this huge up and coming, not up and coming currently is a very, very demanded product. Um, you were mentioning some of the other companies that are in, in Brazil um, or exploration companies. Does that give you confidence as well that it's it's going to continue being the sort of sought after resource in that area? Um, and even then, do, do the companies in Brazil at all collaborate together and is there sharing of information or even on the sites? It, what's the vibe like between between companies in, in the area?
1: Yeah, good question. Um, Sigma is the largest lithium company in Brazil. They started operated, they started. Drilling in 2018, if you look at next quarter, they'll go into production. Um, they're an amazing company. We're very close with Sigma. We work, I talked to Anna Cabrel often, who's the CEO of Sigma. She's been tremendous in helping us. Every consultant that worked on the Sigma project is now working on that resources project, um, Sigma or Latin in this to help Brazil become one of the largest lithium producers in the world. So take for example, Sigma's project. Um, they have a resource of, they actually start off a resource of 21 million ton, moved to 47 million ton in 2021. And then they moved to 85 million ton late last year. They started construction, they plant February of last year. They completed that in February of this year. They've been commissioning it. I'm actually up up to the mine opening in May and they'll start production um, in May. So 18 months that built that plant, and that plant uh, will initially start with three hundred thousand tons, move to five hundred thousand tons, and next year will be producing seven hundred thousand tons of lithium spodumene concentrate. The same size of pillar minerals.
0: Yeah, I, I heard her speak on a podcast, another lithium podcast, and the rise of Sigma was just—it's incredible to hear. And I mean, them giving you advice and, and you being in touch with them, I can imagine is extremely valuable uh, in regards to just yeah, almost following a, a similar trajectory potentially, which. can imagine is you know rather helpful to have Uh, but then you were saying before you've also during that COVID you swung and have got a potential with projects in Australia as well Um, when you're comparing the two sorts of jurisdictions what are you sort of noticing because I can imagine from a just organizing and headache point of view it's uh, it's quite difficult to work with two completely differing um, jurisdictions even though the resources are potentially you know it's just about drilling at the end of the day but how do you navigate and manage those sorts of differences in a way?
1: Well, we haven't had a lot of experience in Australia. Our, we have a separate team for our Kalen project, our Cloud9 project. So that runs very well. Um, at, at, we, we built a 200 million ton resource in, in 18 months. So the, the, the WMI's department were fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, the landowners were great. One of the priorities of LAT resources is always develop those relationships early in the peace with the landowners or, or the uh, indigenous groups. Uh, it's very important for us to get that right early. Um, in actual fact, it was the number one priority for us in Peru. Sorry. So um, when we take that into account, as I said earlier, ministerized is the fantastic mining community and um, people in Salinas want that mine to happen. They want jobs. Um, they have supporters 100% all the way through this. And obviously, Minister Aya's mines department or mining agency, this has gone as high as the governor, uh, this project in, in Minister I. So um, he wants the project to happen. He wants a battery sector, um, battery mineral sector happening in Minister Aya. So it's a a very big push to the government, which is really helps us to fast-track our our project.
0: And then, I mean, this then lends itself to sort of, I want to say the trend of 2023, which is this looming ESG. And I mean, being in mining, uh, I mean, from an outside perspective, you'd almost say ESG isn't incredibly helpful for mining. Uh, it goes against a lot of what it is, but it really is it's something that's here to stay. Um, so how, how does mine or, or Latin resource implement those new structures and uh, how would you say, guidelines in regards to setting up the, the mines and operating within those sorts of, uh, how would you say, benefits or constrictions or, or guidance or rules in, in ESG?
1: Well, environmental social governance is important um, in the world today, obviously. And one of the great things about Brazil, and in particular, our particular project, um, once again, we have duplicated what Sigma has done. Um, our project will uh, power, will be provided by hydroelectricity. So 65% of Brazil's countries has, has basically hydroelectricity. Um, so that will be powering our project. We'll have no tailings dam. We'll have a dry stack tailings um, on our project, which means that you know, um, a lot of risk is taken out for the local community with no tailings dams. Um, we'll be recirculating water. Um, so I think Anna at Sigma calls her project a green tech project and we're developing those same um, disciplines within our project, which is hydro, dry stack tailings, recirculating water and the other side of it, social. We're very focused on ensuring that the local community engaged. We, we currently have 160 people on our site. We have 40 of our own people. But we also have 60 people employed from local towns. We have just funding now a youth campaign, which is a local youth club, that will be funding those guys and training them. So eventually they'll end up working on our project. So taking that youth unemployment, turning into something positive. So social's massive, you know, and governance are given to be a public company. You've got to have your your governance in place.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I just jumped at that point there about how many people you've employed. I mean, considering where the company started, when you started it, did you ever imagine that it would get to this scale, you know, employing so many people across the world and and giving them opportunities to upskill and develop and... I mean, looking back, like, how does that really make you you feel in that regard?
1: Yeah, look, it's a, it's a, it's a great thing. That's what you always strive to do as a explorer is to go into development. Um, we employ 200 people in Brazil now, so it's 160 on site. There's another 40 outside of that scattered around the world, um, as well. So, um, it's wonderful, you know, it's, it's, but it's wonderful to have the town embrace you. There's been parts of, of South America. And I won't mention which countries, it's hard, very hard. But Australians are the best explorers on the earth. And um, we know once we get it right with the communities, we'll generally have a discovery more often than not. So um, it's a wonderful, great thing, but we haven't finished yet. We've got to get this company through to development, build that mine. Uh, we'll have over a thousand people on site once we have that project built and ministerised government understand. That's why they want to help Push us it. develop this project so they can, so we can basically employ their local people.
0: I mean, it's huge. I mean, yeah, going from what it would have started with, you know, a handful of employees to now 200 to now potentially upwards of a thousand. I mean, that's just an incredible feat. So a, a credit to to yourself and, and the team there. Uh, and then, I mean, you're talking that what team have you managed to build and, and how has it been so successful in in getting Latin resources to where it is and, and getting these next stages underway?
1: Well, as I, as I often say, business is, 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 you know, it's a cliche all about people, but generally in any business, whether it's mining, whether it's telco, whether it's in you know, invest relations, you know, you've got to have the product. It's a given you've got to have the product. So in other words, you've got to have a good lithium project. what's difficult is finding good people in in today's world. And, you know, I've learned after 30 years of business, that it's all about having the right people on the bus to take you on the, on the journey through to the destination, because if you don't, you're going to have the best product in the world, but if you don't have the people to help drive, to get into production, for example, with, with our business, you're never going to get there. So the quality of people we have in the organization now is outstanding. It's just outstanding. And you can see by the results we get, you know, jaw quickly, um, development of relationships, you know, Maro, our country manager, has done an incredible job with developing those relationships. He's a Brazilian engineer that lives here in Perth. Has done a wonderful job getting those relationships developed for us. Um, we have, as I said, 160 people in, in uh, Salinas uh, on the project. They're just a wonderful group of people that want the project to happen.
0: And it's just a, a culmination of, of hard work, good people. And yeah, if, if these, if it does get up and running and I hope it will, and, and it sounds like it will, then the opportunity for, for the people to, to work and, and build themselves a proper life is, is incredible. And I mean, looking at the outlook for lithium, taking a step back from Latin resources, how much do you think that the the industry is going to grow and then looking to the side of it, uh, do you reckon that there's going to be more interest from other companies wanting to potentially get involved with you guys or, you know, I'd throw the word out there now, the big word of acquisitions and mergers that's looming more and more, not just from mining companies looking to absorb smaller tier explorations, but, you know, even car manufacturers wanting to get a foot in, in mines. I mean, it's sort of throwing it out into the ether to see what your your thoughts are, because there's a lot to talk about, but what are your thoughts going forward in that?
1: Well, I, I think it's, it's, you know, general knowledge that, that, the industry, the, the battery manufacturers, the car manufacturers, the big lithium companies are concerned that they don't have enough raw materials to build this, this this new wave of electrical revolution. Like, you know, and they don't at the moment. As you said earlier, mines take a long time to get in development. Brian's projects in Argentina and Chile take 10 years to get into development, to get the full nameplate. So, you know... What's been outstanding here in Western Australia is that this 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 state or this country, which is really this state, produced eleven percent of the world's lithium in two thousand sixteen. Today they produce forty five percent. We are the biggest lithium producer in the world in within a little over five years. It's fantastic. But Australia, you know, it's a it knows mining pretty well and, and, and that's developed when you've got countries like Africa with the lithium projects, that'll be interesting. Um, we believe that Latin's project will be developed over the next two or three years. I think that, that you know, at the end of the day, we know there's going to be at least a 2 million ton deficit of lithium by 2030, probably more like 3 million tons now. The mines that are out there saying that they're going to get in production, going to work hard to do that, and it's it's, it's going to be tough. Um, I think it was proven last Monday when Albemarle made that bid for uh, Liontown that you know, there's a there's a big fear that that these big lithium companies that that actually produce and sell to the car manufacturers and battery manufacturers are very concerned that they don't have enough material to feed that massive animal that's that's that mm. beast that's about to about to be produced.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the point that I I saw last week, and it it from a stock point of view it was amazing for Lion and and they knocked it back, which means that. You know clearly that they see the resource and the company they've got as being so much more valuable than than where it is. But I mean that's just a glowing tick of confidence for the entire sector and the urgency, as we know, it's almost been this this snap decision that lithium is here and now. And it's always been around, but all of a sudden, flavor of the month or the last couple of years is we need lithium right now. And the reality, as we talked about, is mines don't just come online quickly. There's so many considerations in regards to getting the team, the mapping, the approvals. I mean, it's a, it's, that you've got a great tailwind. It's just, it's an incredible opportunity. So, uh, I mean, Latin has is, is positioned itself quite well. Do you, do you see that there's potentially going to be any, any barriers that emerge in the lithium sector or, or, you've got to be thinking that it could be anything that pops up, but I mean, how would you, how would you approach that?
1: Oh, look, I think the, the current market conditions, the high interest rates, potential recession, um, may have an effect. Um in saying that everyone wants this net zero yeah. emissions by 2050 and there's some serious fines going to be handed out over the next few years in Europe if they don't. Some of those car manufacturers don't meet those, those, net, those, those emission uh, standards set by Paris uh, a couple of years ago. So, you know, there's that, that. that tells me that we're still going to see this take up of EVs, maybe not as not as strong as what we thought this year, but let's see how the, how the general economic conditions go. Um, yeah, it's, it's very hard to call, but we're just very focused on. We know that there's going to be at some stage a massive shortage of lithium. We've got to feed into that.
0: Yeah. And even looking to the US with their Inflation Reduction Act for lithium manufacturers and for any car that's made, there's insane incentives for for companies or anyone that's working with America to get benefits. And that's again, a direction of, of the times of where we're heading in this lithium bubble, but it's not really a bubble because there's, there's not enough going around and there's going to be this real demand that it's, where do you find it from? So Latin's positioned itself quite effectively and quite nicely. You can say over the past 15 years and for listeners that want to learn more about Latin resources and stay connected with the, the company, where can they go and get more information?
1: Oh, look, we've got we a very big, strong, we've got a strong following on Twitter. We've got, you know, LinkedIn, we've, we've you know, we, we feed information on the company out very regularly with Marketball, of course, and a few others, um, obviously the website. So look, you know, I think that from, from our perspective, um, the company's in a really good, one thing we haven't covered is where our raw material would be sold. And we think North America is certainly where the action's going to be. As you said, with the Inflation Reduction Act, Biden's got $350 billion in their bank account. Um, There's 13 gigafactories planned over the next five years in there. We're going to need lithium hydroxide plant. Arbomale last week announced that they'll be building a lithium hydroxide plant in South Carolina. Um, That's going to be a 100,000 ton LCE plant. That's going to need materials, obviously. They're trying to get into Lion Town to see if they can get some of those materials. But we see a big push for us into North America. Um, it's going to be a great market. They don't really have the raw materials to be able to provide into those, into those hydroxide plants there. Canada and Brazil will be, I think, the two countries that will provide those materials.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a point we didn't touch on was, yeah, this shift away from reliance on China and manufacturing. And yeah, the US has now got this real all of a sudden push in a way to have everything in their own backyard, which opens up an incredible opportunity to, as, as Australia is as a partner of, of free trade to, to get resources there. So it will be an exciting time. And yeah, there's some real real goals and clear agendas to, to get us there. So um, it's, it's, yeah, it's going to be exciting, but hopefully uh, I can bring you back on the show in the next sort of period of time and see how Latin resources is progressing uh, maybe after the results in, in June. And yeah, thank you for taking the time to speak with me on the show.
1: Thanks, Thanks very much.
0: Thanks for listening to The Market Bull Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please make sure to like and subscribe. You can follow The Market Bull on our socials at Twitter and LinkedIn by searching The Market Bull. You can also subscribe to our newsletter on the website by visiting www.themarketbull.com.au.